have a bully inside your head telling you that you're not good enough? Do you lean towards self-defeat? Do you have trouble believing in yourself? And are you dying to learn how to become the perfect version of you? A you that you dream about? If you answered yes, then you're like me, and this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Journey to Worthy podcast, where we discuss self-esteem, worthiness, and transformation through a gay lens. I'm your host, Jeremy Long, and I want to share my journey with you. Welcome to the Journey to Worthy. Hey everyone, welcome back to Journey to Worthy. This is episode five on the Journey to Worthy podcast. Today, I thought I would bring up a very interesting topic, and that is on online dating, especially online dating apps. So I'm going to talk a little bit about my research that I did during my honors program and the thesis that I wrote. And so diving right in, uh, I want to ask, have you ever been online and thought, this is it, I've met the perfect one, the coolest guy, the hottest guy, and thought to yourself, oh my God, is he even into me? Is he out of my league? Like, what if I'm not his type? Or what if he turns me down when I arrive? What if all of those what ifs, you got to tell that voice to shut up in your head sometimes. But then you get to the guy's house and not only are you not in his league, but it's like a totally different team, a different sport, a different planet, if you get what I mean. He is completely not what you expected or looks completely different than his photos. Maybe he's good looking to you. You know, maybe he is good looking, but you get like a weird vibe or his place is super scary. Or maybe it's all good until you start going at it. And then something, something is up, something's off, you know, something's not right. And you really want to leave. Has this happened to you? And what did you do? Well, for me, I thought this is an area that we should explore, which is why I'm going to provide this edited version of my thesis. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes my screening process or my weirdo meter doesn't register properly until I've gotten myself in too deep. And I figured I'm probably not alone. So maybe it's not the guy, you know, or maybe it's just that I'm not into it or it's not emotionally a good idea for a hookup right now or I actually want to date. Or maybe sometimes I just really want to back out, but I don't always feel comfortable doing so. So there could be a number of reasons why I shouldn't be there or don't want to be there and should probably leave. But do I actually leave? My thesis at first, was looking for victimization to see who was getting hurt through dates that um, are a result from meeting online. But I ended up finding other information on self-esteem and sexual behavior, which proves a need for discussion on the use of apps. So I'm going to talk about the study that I conducted with the help of a local gay health clinic in Vancouver called the Health Initiative for Men. Amazing facility, amazing people that work there. Uh, I'm going to cover some of the statistics from my data, some of the personal quotes or qualitative data that resulted from the study. And both that infer some pretty serious concerns. So I'm going to cover those as well. Then I'm going to provide some tips for screening potential dates using a couple of tools uh, that I've created. Uh, one is what I call a clearance line and then a self-assessment. And then we're just going to finish with some uh, suggestions for you know your experience in online dating. So when I say dating apps, we're talking about Tinder, Grindr, Scruff, all of those GPS-based apps like that. In January 2016, a UK article claimed that crimes linked to dating apps had increased 700% in just two years. 
and I found no research on victimization and dating apps in North America. Only on, mostly on sexual risk and promiscuity, but not really on safety, which made my study seem like a good idea. So then I decided uh, to design a study to conduct in the gay community of Vancouver. So most people may agree dating apps are really popular, especially in the gay community. And for anyone that doesn't know what is Grindr, it's got a few different names. It's a, a geosocial network application or a GPS-based dating or satellite app. This allows users to post pictures of themselves on a profile, and then this is aggregated by a geographic location and sorted into a grid. So basically, it allows you to see a whole bunch of people that you might want to talk to, maybe want to meet up with. So some of the key attractions of Grindr are obviously that you can locate other men nearby with the notion that they may be, you know, so many feet away from you. So in proximity and immediacy, they become really, really close. So you can meet people, you know, immediately. There's also quite a heavy visual focus on apps like this. So many shirtless profile pictures. Um, you do see a lot of headless torsos. And typically there is quite a bit of exchange of nude photos. So that's always, uh, you know, an attractive feature. <laughs> So why is it so popular, though? I mean, yeah, we all like to look at some skin. But um, specifically, this has become really prevalent because it's a way of marketing oneself. So it's a new, innovative version of personal advertising. You know, the movement from, from dating in person has really moved to tech to expand our reach. So my study looks at what makes the app great, but it also will outline some of the risks that are associated with the use of the apps. So basically, apps create a change in what's known as the gay space. So the gay space is where the gay community congregate. And before the internet, these spaces would be mostly physical locations like bars, neighborhoods, you know, sports clubs, specific streets in cities. But what happens is apps provide a virtual gay space for gay men to meet. So this can be actually quite, quite good because it allows for you know, instant connection to a gay space no matter where you are which uh, helps to alleviate some of the stresses of having to be exposed to homonegative behavior um, in the community. A problem with this is that we assume we can build up trust based on a quick online conversation and that our screening process, you know, is, is good enough to be able to sift out um, some of the negative behaviors that we're going to end up running into. And we end up sharing personal info very quickly. And the thing is, users are responsible for their own safety, not the apps. If things get out of hand, the statistics on those who report incidents to police are actually quite low. And it's always up to the individual to do anything re reporting-wise, whether it comes to blocking the individual, reporting them to the app itself, or to police. So the study that I designed, I was setting out to find out what was happening online. You know, what what do people do online? What's their use like? You know, how they perceive if they can trust people online. Are they getting hurt? Are people being victimized? And do they report incidents to police? That's where I started with my study. I partnered with the Health Initiative for Men, again, a, a gay local uh, clinic, uh, to put out a survey. It was a survey that was placed on online and it was administered through their social media placed on their Facebook page. They have over, I think, close to 3,000 subscribers on Facebook. So out of that, 175 people completed the survey in the city of Vancouver. And some of the results, I want to give you uh, some of the statistics of what I found. 
So most of the um, guys that are using these apps are really looking for sex and dating. And over 40% spend a couple of hours online each day from the people that answered. Over 90% of the sample actually had sexual encounters or one night stands with someone they had met through these apps, which is almost my entire sample. About half the sample also hooked up either every week or a couple times a month. So um, people are using this app quite a lot for that reason. People said they also like the ease and convenience to meet guys close and quickly, but also over 40% noted having trouble meeting guys in public. So this is obviously an attractive you know, tool to use the apps if you're having a difficulty meeting people in public, making it likely that the people now rely on these apps to meet guys. So what about safety? Do you trust guys online when you're chatting? Well, 37% of respondents in my study said that they do not take precautions when going to meet guys. So that's a lot. That's 37% that aren't concerned at all if the other person could be a risk to them at all. So they just completely trust that it's okay. Uh, those that do take precautions said that they do things like have their phone handy in case of an emergency. Uh, they make sure that they only meet guys in public. Sometimes they try to verify the identity of the guy they're meeting somehow, or they leave an address where they're going. But most guys assume that there's some element of safety. You know, they can believe that they've asked the right questions or done the right screening in order to prove that this person's not crazy or not, you know, not going to be a threat to me. 96% of the participants in the study, they stated that they use their own photo in their profile. And 87% of users show their actual face in their profile picture. The interesting stuff that starts to emerge now is that 13% of users have created a fake profile at some point. And 9% of users who, who answer said that they have sent pictures that were not actually theirs. So if this trend were compared to the 2.4 million daily users on Grindr around the world, it would equal over 200,000 people using fake profile or sending pictures that were not theirs. So I think that this makes clear the need for apps to start using you know, somewhat of a photo verification software. Um, so basically, photo verification software requires that users take some sort of photo or video to verify that the they are the person in the picture that they have in their profile. Next question, more than half of respondents share personal information really quickly with other users. But I'm just curious, basically, like what determines how you screen people? Like what are the right questions to ask you know, what influences you in believing that, you know, you can trust these people by giving them your information really quickly? Now, when it comes to meeting in person, things get a little bit more interesting. When I asked my participants how they felt when someone backed out of hooking up after meeting in person, 22% thought that it reflected something about them. So this makes clear that issues of rejection are a serious concern. And I'm going to speak to this in just a few minutes. More than 25% said that they did not feel safe to tell someone they were no longer interested in hooking up after meeting in person. So let's just repeat that for a second. So you've gone, you've gone to meet up with someone and now you're you know, in their house or you're on a date and 25% of people did not feel safe to tell someone they were no longer interested in hooking up. That's a lot. 67% felt that they were expected to go through with a hookup even if they weren't into it or felt uncomfortable. That's also a really high number. More than half of those who answered said they went through 
with a sexual experience anyways, even if they didn't feel comfortable. They chose to go through with the sex. That's a lot. That's a really high number, more than half of my sample. And now some of them say that they did it to avoid an awkward conversation or that they weren't even sure why they did it. So these numbers are quite alarming. And so on the topic of going through with this sexual experience, some of the guys said, you know, it's a bit rude, I feel. So you just have sex and get on with it. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Others said, did it anyways. And it felt gross after. Another said, I'm afraid of hurting their feelings. So this is actually quite a huge contrast to other comments that state, I'm not a pushover, my body, my choice, hashtag sorry, not sorry, and you got to step up for yourself. All clear examples of people that, you know, are not willing to go through with that experience. So based on some of this uh, data that I have, some themes start to emerge from the study. So it, they mostly focus on some of the negative experiences that people have on these apps. So the first being that uh, negative experiences don't always have to be physical in nature. And more than 75% said that they had had a negative experience from an interaction which originated on apps like Grindr. But this happens on quite a bit of a spectrum. So anything from some serious incidents to having a stalker and it being just online bullying, which is very, very detrimental. In my specific study, there was little violence that was reported. But I definitely fall into the, you know, the group of people that have had bad experiences, that 76%. And when it comes to reporting incidents to police, users said for most issues, it wasn't a serious breach of security or actual danger. But some did say, when talking about the police, they're not going to care. Why bother? Police do not help when it comes to sexual assault, especially when it's homosexual and especially when you meet online. Another comment said, I was young and didn't know what was reportable. And a later comment said, I felt like it was my fault for letting it get that far. So these comments really provide serious concern for safety and awareness in the gay community, especially the younger crowd. You know, when it comes to not knowing what your rights are and feeling responsible for putting yourself in a situation. So I will share some of my experience with you. Uh, during some of my younger years, when I was a teenager, I definitely was uh, heavily entrenched in the party scene and definitely did put myself in some positions where, you know, things could go wrong. And a few times I blacked out and, you know, came to and I was right there, right in the middle of something with someone else that I definitely don't remember giving consent for. And... um Oh, get a little uncomfortable talking about that. So that that did happen to me. And, you know, I I know now that I definitely didn't know how to reach out back then when this happened. I didn't know how to confront the person because I was really young. I was a teenager, you know, and I remember the next day, you know, just trying to block it out, pretending like this didn't happen. And just assuming that that's just what part of, you know, being a young gay man that was partying was all about. I know now that that's not the case, that I didn't know how to speak up because there was no one to look up to that was trying to show me that I could do that. I didn't feel like there was any role models back then that were telling me that I could stand up for myself, you know, and speak out. 
And I just hope that today there is more people like that out there. Comments um, in the study also did reflect on what I call sex expectations and assumptions. So these can definitely affect feelings of low self-worth when it comes to chatting online. So some comments like this that I'm that I received were, you know, if you're not white and muscular and have a beard, you're not going to do well with getting anyone to talk to you. Others say the apps are awful but incredibly addicting. They also help perpetuate unrealistic expectations and stereotypes and are bad for mental health if your appearance and popularity is anything less than shirtless magazine front page worthy. So that's a pretty serious statement. And lastly, Users also said there is lots of blatant racism, sexism, ageism, body shaming, slut shaming, and more. Another comment stated that for some reason, folks think online dating apps are an appropriate place to treat other people like garbage. And so when it comes to that stuff, I mean, I, I've been body shamed as well. I've been bullied online, you know, after minutes of messaging someone, like barely getting to know them. And then, you know, someone throws out some of these really, really rude and just discrimination type comments, you know, and some people use the excuse that preference is, you know, why, what allows them to say the things they want to say. But I think there's a big difference between having a preference and saying, sorry, I'm not interested, you know, like that I could appreciate. But when people say, oh, you're not fit enough, or you're too fat, or you're too skinny, or I only like white guys, you're actually being a jerk. So you need to knock it off. We need to respect one another and think before you speak, like, would you say that to someone in person? Users also said that people are hidden anonymously behind their phone and tend to say whatever they want to get themselves off rather than considering the person behind the screen. So there's this love-hate relationship with apps with all this negativity. Participants said that it's impossible to go off the apps as well because without them, it's almost impossible to connect with guys. And the clinic I partnered with, uh, him, the Health Initiative for Men, they have this awesome campaign. It's called Think Before You Type. I'll post the uh, website on on uh, the Journey to Worthy page. And it highlights the importance of thinking about your words more clearly, you know, and actually seeing how they can affect others, um, reflecting on, you know, how you're going to impact another user. It also highlights some great posts with videos and articles from publications like Huffington Post, that outline issues of discrimination and racism. And so with this, my plea to you is that those in the LGBTQ community already face stigma. Like it, it's, it just comes with the territory, you know, in the process of coming out of the closet. But the added exposure to discrimination, you know, and discriminatory comments and disrespect and, you know, bad language, especially when it's based on things like body shape, you know, and race and anything that you can discriminate someone for, all of this online bullying and harassment from one's own community, this leads to an even greater feeling of isolation and low self-worth. We need to support each other. So please think before you type. So I've covered some statistics on how people use apps like Grindr, how safe people feel when meeting guys through apps, how many people have negative experiences on apps, and some don't feel safe to report incidents to police if they do come up. I've also covered how the anonymous feature of the apps makes some people feel like they can act like jerks and how we should think before we type and how sometimes the pressure of looking perfect and having the best shirtless picture 
can cause some of us to feel less than sexy, affecting our self-worth. Now, I want to leave you with some tips on how to screen your potential partners, basically allowing you to better, you know, to help avoid risks and unnecessary drama. So I've got three tips for you for navigating the online dating world. So the first one that I came up with that I think is very important, I call the clearance line. So the clearance line goes like this. You are chatting with someone online. It's going really well. You're definitely planning on meeting up with them either for a date or for a hookup. And, you know, it's getting hot and heavy. Heavy. You're talking about what you're going to do and all the things that you're excited about. So it's going well. Then you're just going to pull back just a little bit. And you're going to say to them, hey, this is going awesome. I'm really looking forward to meeting up with you. But just to get clear for a minute, I want to let you know that if at any point I feel uncomfortable or just not as interested in it anymore, I'm going to go. I'm going to leave. And then I would like to let you know that you should feel free to do the same. So, yeah, maybe this deflates some of that hot and heavy feeling for a second. But what it does is it allows the other person to see that you have asserted boundaries. And at this point, then you can start to see how it, how it might go when you actually meet up with them. See, because someone who respects boundaries is going to respond to that by saying, yeah, cool, I totally get it. Uh, I'm on board with that as well. But if they don't, if they go into the other direction where they start saying things like, well, why would you leave? What do you mean? Don't you think this is a good idea? Don't you think I'm hot? And it goes on. So you can start to imagine that if you're getting that kind of reaction just in your online conversation, imagine what it's going to be like when you actually meet up in person with them and then you don't feel comfortable. So it just removes a little bit of the risks that you can go through that experience online. Because when you get there and it happens in person, what are the chances that you're going to feel safe to be able to leave? You know, what are the chances that you're going to be able to avoid a really uncomfortable conversation? So that's the first step. That's the first step. Second tip is do a little bit of a self-assessment. Get real with yourself. Like, what do you what do you really want? Because I will be honest with you, I've had a few times where I ended up going online looking for, you know, potentially a hookup. And at the end of the day, like it was it was already two in the morning. I was just tired. I might have felt lonely. I might have just wanted a connection with someone, you know. Sometimes I've actually just been longing for, you know, a companion or, you know, an experience with someone where I can just relate to someone, like having a human connection, because that's what it's all about, right? Like, that's what we're craving. So if I can be honest with myself, what am I actually looking for? You know, am I looking for a hot hookup on like a Tuesday night? Or am I just actually looking for a connection? So get real, you know, like, and are you going to regret this? after you've taken the act, like if you go to this person's house, you go through with it, like, how are you going to feel afterwards? Like, look, look to yourself in a, in a few hours into the future and think, am I going to be happy that I made this decision or not? So that's tip number two. Tip number three, lastly, for facing rejection. I'll just tell you a quick little story. Uh, there was one experience that I had where I was on my way to go meet someone that I had been chatting with sounded really hot. It was going really well. And then I get to the hotel that he was staying at. 
And I show up at the door and instantly he looks at me and he says, wow, you've gained some weight. And the thing is that I had looked like my photo. I really had, but I had been bulking. Like I literally had been trying to put on muscle and it wasn't even about that. I had looked fat, but I wasn't like the, I wasn't as you know, lean as I had been like a few months before the picture was really not that old, but I had gained a lot of muscle. And so this person was like, sorry, I'm just not into muscle. And I had, you know, no idea. So that is an example of, you know, how I did feel rejected. And it was like, Ooh, okay. Kind of tripped me up a little bit. But when I walked away, you know, I had to think about it and think, well, this has nothing to do with me. But some people just have different likes, like different things that turn them on. Just because someone isn't into you, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's anything wrong with you. Sometimes it's just that literally what you got doesn't fire them up and you can't change that. Sometimes it's just not like that. And the thing is that even if, you know, like for my experiences, if I felt like I've looked like my best Sometimes people are just not into what I got going on and that's okay, you know, because we all have different ideas of what is going to, you know, be the ideal partner and we just don't always agree on that. So different flavors for different folks, you know, sometimes people are just not going to want that vanilla ice cream. They're going to want chocolate and that's okay. So that's just a little summary of the research that I did. That's some three tips for you on navigating the online dating world. Um, please be kind to one another and please just be careful out there. Uh, we put a lot of trust too early right in right online. And it's just a little bit of a risky place sometimes if you ask me. So uh, please check out the Health Initiative for Men, their website. And uh, if you want to discuss anything more about the research, please contact me. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Journey to Worthy. And if you like this show so far and want it to keep growing, please do me a favor please take five minutes of your time and help me out. Go to iTunes, find the Journey to Worthy podcast, download it, subscribe, and leave a five-star rating and review. This basically can let iTunes know that you liked it. And this way, it'll show up to more future listeners. And also, if you'd like to reach out to me, I'd love to hear how you can relate to this topic, you know, how it impacted you, or answer any questions you may have for me. You can do this by going to my website at journeytoworthy.com. That's journey2worthy.com. Leave a comment on the podcast post or you can slide into my DMs on Instagram. That was the first time I just said that. It was kind of weird. Uh, so my Instagram account is journey number two Jeremy. That's journey to Jeremy. Or join the Journey to Worthy podcast pa or Facebook page and shoot me a message on there. So I'm going to be uploading a video of this actual presentation on YouTube um, in about a day or two which I will post a link to on the website as well as uh, linking an option to download my thesis if you're interested in reading it. It's a bit of a big read, but it's definitely got uh, a lot more about the topics that I covered today. So I'm looking forward to hearing about your journey and we will talk to you next week. Take care, everyone. 